everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Hunt Lift Eat Podcast. As most of the time, I'm your host, Luke, here with my co-host most of the time, Carter, and we got a super special guest, the diversity check for the, the Hunt Lift Eat team, coming at you live from the Choctaw Nation. Jacus, what's going on, brother? Uh, not much. You guys doing all right? Doing great, man. Would let out that yip you requested, but... Uh... We're going to holster that one for the next one to go around. (laughs) Carter and I have been trying to get Lyle on the, uh, on the podcast for the last hour and a half, but he's down there in South Georgia with hand crank internet, not getting shit. So, uh, we threw a hail Mary out and one of our chats and Jacus was gracious enough to jump on. So we're just going to kind of roll with, with this pod and not exactly what we were planning on talking about. Um, but I'm stoked because I think we can kind of do a recap of really what the last few months for HLE has uh, has looked like, and especially with some of these in-person events we've been doing and, and the rendezvous and math and all this other stuff and kind of where we're going with all that. So why don't you, uh, why don't you start us off, Jake? How, how was rendezvous? It was uh, an experience. <laughs> no, I mean, That's a good way to put it. Good. It was so good. I think uh, every time I hear Frank saying something about it, he's like, I don't have words for it, but the one word he keeps using is surreal. I think that embodies the entire thing for sure. Yeah, Frank. I think Frank was just, you know, it was crazy for him to be on a, on a farm that was the size of Long Island, so he didn't know what the <laughs> hell to do with all that land, all that room to roam. <laughs> <laughs> for those that don't know frank is a he's a police officer up in long island and so he he was pretty awestruck he got in late fuck the first night super late like midnight of course we're all three sheets of the wind by the time he gets there and he uh he came in when it was dark so he didn't didn't get the full scope of the place and then he woke up the next morning and was like holy shit <laughs> <laughs> this is all yours <laughs> yeah just showing up for frank's response to everything was was really the, the selling point for me do you want yeah, to man. outline what rendezvous actually is for listeners in case they don't know luke yeah or for sure if you want to put jacus on the spot yeah jacus what's what's the hunt lift eat team rendezvous in you your words <laughs> uh man we pulled up and uh started from the word go getting the experience of what what it means to be a hunt lift eat team member um got dudes setting up tents setting up the uh merch area and shade um coming together as a collective group of people united for the single purpose of community and uh growth and i think that's what rendezvous was from the word go thursday afternoon pulling in there until we let out and i mean the community aspect of it hasn't stopped uh you ask me i think the people that we had there were were probably the core people of uh setting the the temperament and culture for hunt lift eat and uh really kind of forging a new edge in the outdoors arena yeah i mean that, that sums it up you know and and for those at this point, I'm assuming you guys are familiar with the Hunt Lift Eat team member program and what all that entails. If you're not, just go to the website, 
under the our team tab and you guys can kind of get i'm not going to define that again for everybody but you know the rendezvous this was our first one that we've ever done and we've had a bunch of events and, and brought folks together and it's really been like the core group you know of that have been part of hle for the, since the very beginning before we even opened team applications and so we wanted to do an event this year where we brought gave the opportunity for folks to come in from all over the country and we had it varied based on the day because people were kind of coming and going, but we had like 24, 25. So it wasn't that big, which was probably perfect for our first one as we figured out the logistics and everything. Um, and when we had folks, we were in Southwest Virginia on my family farm. My dad was gracious enough to allow us to, to put it on there right on the new river. And it was, you know, the perfect spot for it. You know, we had guys fly fishing and, Jacobs and I wrestled in the river a little bit, got a little tussle. We were stupid and did it in the shallow end. We were all scraped to hell, but you know, it was just a good time. It was, you know, we didn't, we, it was all dudes that came here. So we have females on the team. I'm not trying to exclude when I talk about this, but it, what, the, what it ended up being, because it was only guys that showed up was, it was just a bunch of men coming together and uh, having a really good time, breaking bread, cracking beers, cracking jokes. The shit talk never stopped. And then we, we, I put on seminars and we learned and we grew in, in different aspects. We had some physical challenges and overall a culminating event from the seminars, which I think was cool. Time and room, room to improve uh, in the future for how we run things. But I mean, all in all, for our first event, I, I was, or our first rendezvous, I was absolutely just stoked for how it turned out. And it was just a blast. And we couldn't have had a better group of folks. There was definitely some, you know, core names from the, the, the group that couldn't make it for whatever reason or had to cancel or had things come up. But you know, I mean, it was that you hit the nail on the head when you talk about like the core and the culture and like that group embodies the culture. And I'm stoked for future ones, you know, coming up. You know, I, I've initially we kind of talked about that being a once a year event, but I think we're going to try to do, you know, more and more of that and continuing to grow what we're doing uh, in, in person because it, it just it's a different tone. These calls are cool. I love doing podcasts. I love they kind of feel like you're bullshitting with the boys, but it's not the same as sitting around the fire. You know, I've known Carter now for how many years? I don't even know. Like, he's going to be the godfather to my daughter that's coming. And I had no idea he was in a 90s cover band when he was in college and <laughs> until he broke it out there with Dave around the campfire and just started busting out some 90s tunes, which I, is going to be a really cool reel on Instagram here soon. <laughs> and just, like, that kind of shit, man. Like, just the stories and the camaraderie, it just – it's it's bar none and it's something we're missing in society i think today and it's something we've done since humans became human which get a bunch of folks around a campfire and find some fermented berries somewhere and have some have some swigs and have a good time yeah jake is the day after rendezvous was over maybe two days after luke and i were talking on the phone and we both like at the same time came to the same conclusion we were like Dude, we need to do that again this year. <laughs> that was so good. We need to have a winner one for sure. And uh, he was like, yeah, I mean, th this has to happen. It was so good, man. We've been talking about it for over a year now. I'm planning it and, you know, speaking it into existence. And it finally came to fruition. And I couldn't have asked for a better weekend. It was it was unbelievable. And oh, like, top tier. Oh, so good, man. And, like, from my point of view, like, I've spent hundreds of hours with uh, amongst the group of folks who have who, who came to rendezvous hundreds of hours digitally with y'all or virtually whatever you want to call it and uh it was so good to meet everybody in person and feel like i've known this i've known this man for 10 years you know what i mean that was so rewarding and that was like 
I don't know. It really kind of spoke to the essence of the community that we're, we're building over here. And it was good, man. It's what my heart needed. Oh, it was so solid. You know, I had so many conversations with some of the guys that were there. It was like paying respect to the vision that's been cast and the hard work that's been put in uh, leading up to this event and, you know, moving forward. You get a group of 20-something guys together and you have no qualms, no issues. You've got no fights going about. You've got nothing but... Except for when you got your ass kicked in the river. Yeah, listen, you were supposed to win that. You know what I mean? <laughs> that was for you. <laughs> Just I was letting you display for everyone else what you have going on. No, I appreciate it. Thank you yeah. Anytime, for giving me that opportunity. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like you, you really build something great when you can get that many people together and they mesh seamlessly as if they've, like you said, Carter, known each other for 10 years and – you, you leave a place like that and you have guys texting you, checking in on your family, making sure everything's square back at yeah. home. You know, like, yeah. it's hard to come by that kind of stuff, that kind of community. Yeah, man. Like, you know, I left early because my wife fell and hurt her back and was in the hospital that night or the last night or whatever. And I, I'm still getting texts from all y'all checking in on her. You know, not that you've ever met her or my family. Um, but exactly what you're talking about, like people who genuinely care about you and your family's well-being, like can't beat that. It's rare, like take a group of folks from all over the country. I've met at that point most of everybody in person, but I think I'm the only one who had met almost everybody. There was, I think, two or three guys that I hadn't met in person, but most of them had not met each other at this point. Basically unlimited beer, <laughs> two kegs on, you know, tapped, ready to go. Andrew brought more. Well, I don't, I don't want to get him in any trouble, but let's just say there's copious amounts of, uh, of booze available. Right. And nobody got out of hand. Nobody caused problems. There was no fighting. There was no nonsense. It was just, everybody was up in the morning working, getting shit done. You know, some guys were running a little slow, but like when it came time to work, go cut firewood, prep for seminars like all that stuff we got it done guys were knocking workouts out like on their own volition like it was just really cool to see and it's just it's just a cool aspect of just what we're building you know with this company and this community and it's not just the team i think it's just folks that are attracted to what we're doing anyways um listeners of this podcast it's just people that want to push themselves and understand and that's what you know it's great for me because like this is my checks and balances like you know, I'm not drinking since Rendezvous because I'm like, fuck, I'm, you know, I'm sitting here at Rendezvous and I'm every other comments that Luke's fat and Luke's fat. So, Luke, you know, I'm going to lose some fucking weight. And like, that's just like the type of shit. Like, it's like, hey, we're going to there's a little tough love here. Like, you know, you're being a dickhead. You, you need to fix this part of your life. Like, do it. And it's like, yep, you're right. And we need that, especially as men. Um, everybody needs it. But I, I think men in this day and age, everybody wants to talk to everybody with fucking, you know, mittens on loving mitts and just be fucking and like sometimes you just need to be told like hey dude you need to lose 20 pounds go about your business it's like yeah i need to lose 20 pounds so you know that that i think is as important with what we're doing and when somebody comes out of line in your group they need to be held accountable and that's what this whole thing is about everything we're doing is about teaching and growing and holding each other accountable and going out into the communities and doing the same and man it was 
there's, it was just basically everything that I've seen in my head for what I'm trying to build just came together at that rendezvous and it was sweet. And it, what's even more wild, it's not just rendezvous. It's not just that core group that came out there. It's every event we've done. We, I have not, and we did, we were in Rome, Georgia for math. We were in Durango with math, mountain archery fest. Uh, we did Western hunt fest and I've had, we've had team members come just help out, just come in guys I've never met before. And like you talk about a group of folks that just come in and they don't even ask what they can do. They just see what needs to get done and they start setting shit up. They start folding. Like uh, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, uh, Bubba Reeds, Dan Reeds and his wife at Western hunt fest, Jesse, she just joined the team. Dan's brand new too. And like, these are brand new team members been on the team for like a week or two. And at Western hunt fest, we're setting up the booth and they just immediately start helping out and working. And like, you know, they weren't asking for nothing. There was not, there was just, there's just, they were just there and they just started helping, you know, and they were, they were going to Western hunt fest regardless. They didn't come to help hunt lift eat. They were doing the pack them out challenge. And like, that was a sweet event too. I can talk more about that in a minute, but like, just like that caliber of person. And that's what, you know, folks need to do. Like when you see that shit needs to get done, just help out. And like, just, it's, I don't know. It's just huge. And that's, what's cool about the community that we're building and the community that we're part of. Cause you know, at math, at Western hunt fest, all these other events, even the other vendors and the other booths, like there's no competition. It's just like help each other out. And we just need more of that in this day and age. Yeah. So like, living with that, right. It's not just online. It's not just at rendezvous. Like I come home with, with David Stark and you know, we're out there taking, pictures and getting stuff ready for the fall drop. And he's like, you need to, like, how long are you going to continue to waste your potential? And as kind of offhanded comment as that was, he also meant like, you're just wasting what you could, what you could be. And I got to, I got to sleep with that and uh, take that in and check that. And so I, I get to come home with that. I get to live with that in this community we get to continue to build that you know garrett every event garrett set up and went to he said like it was like a miniature rendezvous like just the, the mm-hmm. community of people that come together for hunt lift eat um not just team members but people who buy the merch you know we've had guys that were walk, walking and taking hikes through the mountains and see other people wearing the gear and they're like hey nice stuff you know whatever and it's just an immediate community yeah, it's cool. Well, that's that part of it. Super cool. I still have I actually ran into a guy wearing one of our shirts the other day, but he bought it the day before at Western Hunt Fest. But I ran into him in Colorado Springs. So that's kind of counts, but it kind of doesn't. Um, but you've made it. I've, dude, that You're was there. the first one that I've actually seen in the wild, but I kind of knew who he was. So I'm not sure it completely counts. But there was a, a girl and a dude I played football with in high school. He married uh, a chick I went to high school with, and they reached out to me and they were at the beach last week and they sent a picture to me of a truck that had the decal on the back. So it's just like, and I've had a bunch of people do that recently. So it's growing. It's cool. It's wild, weird, but cool. Um, that that's just starting to pop up. But, you know, I, I do think there's a common denominator there with, with the, the community at large. That's just really badass. And I, and I think that I'm excited for the future and how we're going to grow it and what that looks like. Cause fuck, we're just, we're just getting started. Well, that was yeah. one of the conversations that you had at uh, Rendezvous with Ian as well, right? The emotional uh, IQ, knowing the type of people, knowing how to lead your people conversation. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a late in the night. That was a <laughs> a little Coors Light induced conversation there. But we do talk about that, right? Is is you know the separation of the business versus the you know it's kind of the the IQ versus EQ on the intelligence of really knowing what's best for the business, and then that's not always the same what's best for the people. Um, and there's a balance that has to be struck there because like you know, cash is the lifeblood of this. We can't do it without money and we're not a nonprofit. We're not profitable, but we're not a nonprofit. We hope to be at some point, um, you know, and I would love to be able to do this full time for myself and feed my family off of it. And I'd love to be able to hire, you know, the core group and, and grow this. And that's, that's the overall end state for it. But at the same time, there's decisions, there's things I could do that I know would make us more profitable quicker in corners, you know, maybe it's not even cutting corners. Maybe it's just decisions. You know, I don't have to call it cutting corners necessarily. But Carter and I were just talking about that, about the team. You know, like there's things that we could do that I know would, in, would net us more money, but it would make it less accessible or it would make it less what it is. And that's – it would take away from the overall mission, which is just bringing folks together. And I, I just – that's why I have guys like Carter around me is to to be that center point if I start thinking too much in the numbers and – um, but yeah, you, you have to understand people and how they work. And that's, that's what we've struck with here is the lack of community. Um, and it's, I, you know, you ask me, uh, around the campfire, like why, why did you start this? And there's like a bunch of different reasons. Like, I wish there was like one thing, you know, and I've told the story about how it kind of started, but like the ultimate why <clears throat> I'm not even sure I'm a hundred percent positive, but a lot of it comes down to like, I knew the army wasn't what I was going to do forever. And I wanted to put something together that would bring in like my core group of dudes. You know, I didn't expect it to grow into what it has, but like, you know, Perry, Evan, you know, Andrew, John, like these guys that were kind of with me from the beginning on how we built this. And it's like, it's kind of the excuse to make sure everybody stays in contact. I used to use, uh, sounds stupid, but fantasy football leagues, like we, you'd have a group of guys that would do that together. And that's how you kind of stay in touch. A lot of guys do like call of duty. I don't play video games, but like that was, you know, they do that. And so I was, I wanted to think of something that would be, what could we do around? And it's like, we're always hunting. We're always in camp together. So like if we did something that would kind of be that excuse and kind of be that glue that, that held it together and it's evolved and grown. And it's because we need this. Like, I've been a team sports guy my whole life, played football, rugby, went directly into the army. Like I've never not had dudes around me. Um, take that how you will. But, um, and <laughs> no homo, maybe a little bit, 70% not gay. Um, and <laughs> when Evan said that, uh, and Lyle was like, dude, that, that checks. That, that means like you like women, but you're, you also like to party, dude. I fucking lost it. <laughs> I've been using. We've been getting a lot of troll comments on our Hoochie Daddy shorts, going on about how gay they are, and I'm just like seventy percent not gay. Um, <laughs> anyways, let me get back on my my tangent here. And like, but I I knew that I needed that before I got out of the army. When I decided the army wasn't going to be there for me, and I've seen the, the, what guys go through um, coming out, and like why the suicide rates are so high, and like. They're a little bit higher for the military, but they're not that much higher. Like men just kill themselves right now. And that's the problem. Like, honestly, vets get more of the press. It's happening in the civilian world, too. And it's a fucking epidemic as well. And so, like, if we look at the numbers and they're not that different and most of the army doesn't actually serve in combat, like direct combat, like what's the actual issue? Is it the combat and the trauma or is it something else? And like when we read the book Tribe, he talks about that. It's like it's not the trauma. It's the lack of the cohesion and the people around you. And I didn't know all this at the time, but I did know that I needed that community. And so uh, before I got out and 
as we've built that, that's just what it's become. And it's just grown and it's, it's important. And I think we all fucking need it. Absolutely. That's something I, uh, I'm going to paint Carter into a corner here. Uh, I text Carter about last week or so and, uh, never heard anything back, but, uh, that's, that's on brand. That's <laughs> on, that's on brand. Yeah. But I was, uh, I was in a meeting, I was in therapy session and, and my therapist said something about, uh, she said, um, be, do, have, be, it was in regards to me wanting to attain something or something, you know, something different in life. And she was like, well, that's not exactly how that works. You don't have to have this before you can be that so that you can achieve this. You need to be the person that does the thing that receives the results that you're after. Um, and it was, and it clicked a lot of different things for me, but it was about the, the mental health aspect for men across the board. And I was like, man, I think that's something that we, you know, as a group can talk about and have a lot of people who struggle through depression and anxiety and a lack of community and those types of things, which is why we even show up here. Right. That's why I put my application in a lot, you know, a year ago or so, or whatever that was, um, was because there was an opportunity for community. And I thought, you know, I talked to David about this was how can how can we talk about that? That's something that a lot of those books that, that we do in the book club touch on is the mental health aspect and how tough are you mentally? Um, so that'd be a fun conversation to, to roll down for sure. Yeah. And the men's mental health thing, and like, I don't want to speak for all men because, you know, and I'm not an expert on any of this, but, you know, there's this idea and I think this is a symptom of typically, right? Like when you look at the service, uh, healthcare, you know, psychiatry, psychology, all that, a lot of that tends to be female. So there's a big feminine push or not push influence, I guess. And like, you know, th there's things that apply really specifically towards women with mental health that get pushed on us. And it's not the case. Like, and I'll, I'll argue this till I'm blue in the face is like, I don't need, I don't need to be hugged. I don't need to be like coddled. I don't need to be my feelings validated. Like occasionally I do, but like, that's not really at the end of the day that I need, like I need purpose. I need respect. And now the onus is on me to, to build that. And like, that's the ownership piece of it. But also like, you don't just, you don't help a man by just coddling him. Like men, we are fucking biologically engineered to go through hard things and to go climb that mountain, to go over the next ridge line, to go look for that fucking animal. Like literally, like that's why, like you look at like the expansion of humanity, it started and became because we were chasing game over the next ridge line and we're going and we're going and we, we, you know, your fucking people crossed the Bering Strait. My people came over in a boat from fucking, you know, Ireland. Like that's, that's like how it, that's how it fucking happened, you know? And like, we're always chasing. That's what, that's the human condition, especially men. I'm going to say there were no female explorers, but like the most of them are men. That's what we're driven for. We're driven for the adventure. We're driven for the hardship. And we've lost that so fucking much in our society right now. And oh, that's why, I mean, I, I think that's why we have a mental health crisis with men. And that's why men are fucking putting pistols in their mouth and they're taking fucking pills and they're hanging themselves, jumping off shit, whatever. It's because we don't have that purpose. We don't have that hardship. And they're not building that mental resiliency in their brains from doing that shit. Yeah, that's exactly where I was, you know, six months ago. Um, I didn't have 
that direction. I didn't have that purpose. I didn't know what I was working for. You know, I got kids here that depend on me. I've got a wife. I've got all these things. But at the end of the day, like, I didn't know what the answer to that was. And until I developed community around me, people who cared, helped me, helped point me in that direction, show me some respect, those types of things. It was a, it was a struggle. Yeah, I get that, man. And my, my default kind of response to when I get overwhelmed is I, I'm really bad about responding to texts, right? The last like several months, I've felt like I've been living at like a eight or a nine sometimes. And that's not good, right? That's not sustainable. And I felt like that like most days. And that's my you are kind of <laughs> I meant like anxiety stress levels, right? But that's like he's my growing default. that beard out. He's looking like a nine. <laughs> yeah, he is. Seventy percent not gay. <clears throat> so, trying to relax now, and uh, you know that's kind of my my default go to, uh, which is obviously not um, the right way to. It it, it doesn't solve anybody's uh, problems there. Ignoring um, those communications and um, stuff like that, especially people from people who love you and, and want to support you. Um, but I totally get what you're saying, man. And you know, this, that, that weekend, that rendezvous weekend came at a very, really, really important time for me. and was like very much a, a breath of fresh air back into my lungs, um, to, to keep me trucking on, not to be like overly dramatic, but like, it's good to get around with like-minded folks around a campfire, like you're saying, and, talk about and do the same shit that you've been talking about and doing solo and do it as a group. Um, do the workouts, do, you know, fish together and shoot bows and drink beers and hang out and have those conversations. That's massively important. Yeah. Like we have to have that. I think, you know, in, in guys, in, guys and gals and whoever that says like, Oh, I'm this or that like lone wolf. Like, no, and you're not like <laughs> it's fucking in your DNA that yeah. you need that. And there might be some underlying, you know, something traumatic event, something that makes you, you know, not want to be around people. And I don't like to be around a ton of people, especially like, you know, you lose that. There's that, that threshold where like our brains can't process the number of people. I start to shut down there. My social anxiety shoots to the roof. And that's when I drink to cope a lot. And I've had to realize that it's like, um, and I've really been checking that recently is like when I go into a social situation where I don't either know, or I know there's going to be an, ex- like, an, like I can walk in and talk to anybody, but if it goes to the certain level of people, like, it's just like, it's very hard for me to deal with that. And <clears throat> one identifying and knowing that it's in, in is important, but we, we, I, what I'm saying there is, you know, not to go off on another tangent, but it's just like, we do need people and we need a tribe and we, and, no matter, I think Carter, you and Bobby did a tips on this a couple of weeks ago, but just find it. It doesn't have to be the HLE team. It doesn't have to be whatever. Go join a CrossFit gym. Find a group of people that are passionate about something you're passionate about and that are p- pushing in the right direction. And I would say that are productive and that there's something that's going forward because don't just get a hobby like, I don't want to keep shitting on video games, but like, don't like your Call of Duty clan probably isn't like necessarily the right thing. I know people make a lot of money in that shit with stitch or twitch or whatever the fuck that shit is but like you'll get it eventually just keep naming them 
<laughs> I don't fucking dude. I've, I've never even owned a console, man. I'm, I'm not a big video game guy. Um, I think they're kind of a waste of time in my opinion, but my point being is like, find something that's pu- pushing you in the right direction, physically, mentally, are you talking business? Are you talking how to fix your situation? Like if you're comfortable with where you're at, like financially, like you're fucked up, like, especially like as a man, like your job is to like build, grow, provide, like do better. Like you can always do better. Like the game never stops. Like what we're doing never stops. We should always be improving our position. And so like, that's what the type of people we need to surround ourselves with is folks that'll call you out when you've put on some extra weight, that'll tell you when you've been a a slack ass, when you're not fulfilling your obligations. If you're, you know, didn't do something you said you were going to do, that's the type of people you need to surround yourself with. Nothing. You guys gonna make me carry this whole fucking thing, Carter? I thought Jacobs was gonna have something profound to say after that. <laughs> I'm just gonna let the Mayflower carry that one, man. <laughs> My people came later. <laughs> <laughs> came in the, no. the mid seventeens, you know. <laughs> no, man. I uh, I agree. I had a I had a conversation relayed to me where someone commented on the rendezvous. Um, third hand, you know, they're like, Oh, my buddy's at this thing in Virginia. And they're like, yeah, that sounds gay. Let me just look for an excuse to go hang out with a bunch of dudes at a river. Yeah. 70%, (laughs) you know, but like you're looking for an excuse because you're so miserable because you don't have a community or you don't have people to hold you accountable. Like you're, you know, when you're soft bodied and frail like it's just hard for people to respect that as a man and like i understand how you can be frustrated when you see other people who are you know chasing those things down uh making you look you know just as soft as you are so that community stuff like top tier i think hle is really hitting it off with it and doing it right um but on both sides for men and for women i think that the women have played such a vital vital role in NHLE as well. I know I got some friends, new friends that have come on on the team this last go round. So it's been super helpful for them. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, sorry, Carter. Sure. Go. <clears throat> I was just gonna say, it's cool. Uh, you know, Caroline's a total badass, and she's like carrying boxes and shit in the background. And you know, that's a really cool side of the house of Hunt Lift Eat that's growing exponentially. Right. This is the the cusp of uh, this is the beginning of, of that side of the house. And, you know, to, to your other point, right. This is the beginning of, of all of it, really. This is the third iteration of team member expansions that we've ever had. And eventually that number will be far higher. And we'll look back on these days and be like, man, that was the fucking, you know, the good old days, right. When good old days. the couple boys getting together in Virginia and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, it, it gets me excited for the future and how many men and women who are going to join the team who are out there living their lives right now and maybe looking for a community. Um, we get a lot of like prior service guys who had a lot of vets this go around who just got out recently, Luke, and mm-hmm. they're late and yeah. stuff like that. And, you know, it's the same fucking story, man. Um, not they're, Not that they're all not unique, but you know, just looking for a community and looking for, you know, they miss their guys and it doesn't seem like the military sets you up for success, keeping everybody together. It's kind of on your own afterwards. Um, and folks are just looking for people with like-minded values and, and 
shared morals and ethics and that kind of thing. And it just reiterates kind of what we're doing. And, you know, to your point to that tips episode earlier, like it doesn't matter what your community or your tribe is, but it is everything. It is everything. You have to have it. Yeah. I love what you just said about, and this is something that I've not heard anybody talk about and I'm my piss a few people off with it, but you know, you're talking about finding like-minded people with shared values and backgrounds and that sort of thing. The beautiful thing about the army is that you pull everybody together from everywhere. And so you get this really diverse mix and you're the hardship in the army becomes the glue. But what I've found over the course of my career, which I'm at coming up at past 10 years now, it shows 14, yeah, I know. It's all the gray. I'm eight, I haven't aged well. Um, and 14, if you, you know, I contracted when I was 18 as a cadet in my military school. And so like, you know, that it's, the, it's not active duty time, but you're still in the similar thing. But of like you build these relationships and you get these really intense, tight bonds that happen very quickly where you know everything about a guy within a couple of weeks because you just you spend an exorbitant amount of time a lot of times doing absolutely nothing sitting around waiting or in some sort of miserable situation. And so you like, you just build these tight bonds, but they don't last. Um, throughout my career, I probably have like, I mean, the hundreds of people that I've met thousands probably, and like friends that I've had like intense friendships. And then like you change duty stations or you're out of that school, or whatever else. And like, you never talk to them again. Now, if you ran into them again somewhere else, like you would pick it up right where you left off and it's cool. And there's something cool about that. But like, there's a couple guys that I've remained in close contact with, but it is not that many as I jump duty stations. And I think it's getting less and less. I, I joke with Caroline and I tell her like with HLE and everything else, I got plenty of friends. I don't need new ones. I can't keep up with the ones I got. <laughs> um, but those bonds aren't as real as I think we say they are because we don't have that common ground um, for the foundation. The, the It's just the atmospherics of the military that is the fucking glue. And then when you lose that, it goes away. It's why guys leave units and the units go on. And like, you know, you see it in the combat arms and the fucking soft community and all that stuff. And it's not, it's not as real as I think we make it sound. And I think that that's something that needs to be thought about because did, like go to a fucking army party. You guys, I don't know if you've ever been to one. Everybody is talking about work always. Everybody talks about the army when you get army guys together all that's the time. It. Every that's fucking the, time. That's the only yeah. thing. Maybe there's like another hunter and then you talk about hunting. But like I used to have a rule that was like, we're not going to talk about the army. And then I'd usually be the one to break it. But like, you know, it'd be like, this is like, let's talk about anything else other than the army. Because it's what, what we do. And then. That but, for you. Yeah. I'm, I make rules and break them. My hypocrisy knows no bounds. But, you know, when we look at community, I think we do have to have that baseline and the foundation. And that's what's been cool about what we've done here really unintentionally is that it's not the things, it's not the fact that you are passionate about hunting, fitness, and nutrition, or eating, or whatever. It's the type of person that is passionate about those things because of the discipline and the work ethic and, and that sort of stuff that then leads to the person who has a foundation of values that is then what ties everybody together. Like that is what's been really fucking cool. And so it's not about hunting, lifting and eating. It's about hard work, accountability. And like, even if you don't have it, cause we've got team members that aren't there yet. Definitely not there yet. Um, I'm still not where I need to be. Right. But like, <clears throat> you had someone in mind when you said that. Oh, there's several, <laughs> you 
you know, but that's okay. Like that's what this is for is for them. They know that they need it and they've come here to find it. And like, we've got a group of folks that'll, that'll teach them and, and hold them accountable. And that's the point. Um, I do. I have several in mind. Um, a couple of them have self-selected and left because they don't like that. Right. And like, that's okay. And people are going to do that. Like they, some people don't like being told that they're not doing what they need to be doing or like how to fix their problems. That's been a trend that I've seen a lot is like guys get on they want to complain and have these problems. And then when they get solutions and answers, they're like, well, the world just hates me, you know, and it's a bunch of woe is me. I'm a victim bullshit instead of being like, Hey, I'm going to fix my situation. Cause like, there's nobody else that's going to fucking do it but you, especially as, you know, a father and a husband and the man. Like, it's your fucking job. It's your responsibility to handle that shit. Also, you know, that's that's what we need. And uh, I need it. You need it. All of us fucking need it. And um, I love it. I love it a lot. And I'm I'm stoked because like you like we've said a, a couple of times, like we've just started this shit and the sky's really the limit for what we're going to grow it into. You know, I know where we're going. I know where we're going to be. I'm, I'm not going to be Babe Ruth and call the shot yet. I'm, I don't want to, but I, I know what it's going to be at this point. I've got the is that a sports reference. Yeah, that is the, the, the sports ball. That was, that was you know, and, and that's, that's, but knowing where we're going, I think is even more exciting because it, it's going to change, but we have that end state. Like we know what this is going to continue to grow into. And one day that rendezvous is going to have a thousand people at it, you know, and like it just will, it probably won't be on my river bottom on my family farm. <laughs> like it'll have to find a new venue, but we could rent um, all of long Island. We could rent all of long Island. That'd probably cost a lot of money. If Frankie um, get that in the works, buddy. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm glad you One guys are part of it. Things, yeah, me too, man. One of my favorite things that you say, Luke, is like whenever we we're in the tail end of this application interview process of folks wanting to join this new team, um, or new folks who want to join this team, and you say it's it's not our team, it's not my team anymore, right? It's it's your team, and I think that like shouldering or, or, you know, sharing that burden and, and, and giving it to the team and the, watching the team run with it and kind of transform it into what it is. And it's, it's ever moving and ever changing and, and, and always shape shifting. And once you and I kind of let go and, and let loose of the reins a little bit, now the team has kind of like configured itself. Like it's pretty cool, man. And it is self-sustaining and, you know, this application draws, I mean, how many bad interviews have we had, right? Comparatively, percentage-wise, right? Like, it draws a type of person that you want to be around, you want to hang out with. Whereas we thought, like, maybe there'd be a couple at the beginning. So, you know, it's it's very much the community building itself and, and shaping itself and, and growing. And it's exciting to think about where that's going to be down the road. Yeah, I'm stoked. And like just building out the different aspects of it too. Like we touched on the the women in the wild piece. And I mean, dude, we, cause we interviewed two or three uh, new ladies that were coming on, which we had tw- almost twice as many applications as we've had female team members over the past year or so. So like just the applications this run is over, is over uh, almost double, which is super fucking cool. Talk about that exponential growth and, it's been a big effort of ours because we understand that there's a ton of barriers to entry for our ladies and to get into hunting in general. And like, and you also don't have, like my wife isn't a hardcore hunter. Like if I die tomorrow, like she's probably never going to hunt. Like I'll be honest, unless she like wants to do it in my memory, but she loves and respects and like 
the whole process and is a part of it and is a part of the team and the women and seeing that and like like it's it's that it's the yin and the yang like we need that and like as much as society today wants to say that there's no fucking difference there is and there's a balance there and like it's an element to the team and the community and the perspective that we desperately need um and there's some badass fucking ladies on this team that have killed way more animals than i have that are fucking stronger than carter is and you know like it's pretty sweet you know like ariel's out there deadlifting 400 plus pounds like april's killed more fucking animals than cwd like you know it's it's sweet you know to have these these ladies that are teaching us um and i love it and i, I just love the perspectives and we have just a, a range of mix of people that uh, is really cool and it, what i love about it too is like everybody can come together and the shit talk just starts there's no hurt feelings everybody knows it's in jest like i can't tell you the number of fucking indian jokes jake has got over the course of the fucking weekend and the fat jokes and the short jokes and the jokes that i won't say out loud to anybody and just like you know it's just it's fun and that's what we need and we need to be in a world that isn't so goddamn sensitive that isn't worried about what they're going to say because when you bring guys together, that's what that is one of the beautiful things about the army, at least what it used to be. It's changed a lot with this shit, but is you'd get guys together from all diverse backgrounds and there would be the most obscene jokes you've ever heard in your life that you just could not say at any point in 2023. And guys are just laughing their asses off coming together through the shared hardship and not giving a fuck about all this stuff that wants to divide us and then coming together for that common goal, which is what we're seeing here with Hunt, Lift, Eat, is guys coming and gals coming together around their passion for these things, but then the deeper passion and of their, you know, value foundation and kind of a counterculture. I don't want to be hyperbolic there, but like, fuck, man, the pendulum has swung so far to the extreme nowadays that we need a place where you can just be a fucking dude or, or be a lady and like not have to worry about a bunch of nonsense. Yeah, that's important, man. That, especially that disconnect, like, like you said, like teachers are the same way as uh, when you get a bunch of military guys together, they just, everybody talks about work, man. You talk about your students, you talk about the same students, you talk about which ones are great, which ones are shitty. It's like the same fucking thing over and over. And, uh, you know, having, having a space to, to do that and branch out and talk about what's actually important in life is massive. I think that's really common, right? Is it's gotta be right. Like now that I'm saying it out loud, it has yeah, to be. like it, it's just, it's, and then, but you have guys and like, I know like men in my life that I know and respect who it's like, they might have like a couple friends that are like from work and it's like, yeah, that's it. Like that's, that's it. It's just you, your wife, your kids. And like a couple like, like old, old Jim Bob from, from the plant, you know? And like, yeah, we, you know, we, we talk and we eat lunch together and like, he's my buddy. And like, that's just the end of it. And it's like, we need more than that. Like we, we have to. Maybe other people don't. I don't want to speak for the entire human population, but I know my crew and the people that I'm around a lot need that. And on behalf of most brown people, I'll say that we do as well. Well, you guys are pretty tribal. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're gonna. I hope we get canceled for this. Um, but <laughs> pretty dicey. Pretty dicey. <laughs> 
Uh, that one was just low hanging fruit. Yeah. Well, I missed half that conversation. My little papoose got up and started screaming, so I had to go take care of him. That's all right. First responsibility is being a father for sure. But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's like having, if you take the work out of that, like if you can't talk about work and you've got a friend and you, it's like when you, I don't know if you guys have ever had like just drinking buddies. Like I used to be a bartender. So like all of my good friends during that scene, other than I lived with Perry. So like Perry was obviously an outlier, but all my good buddies who like guys at the time I would have said were like my best friends. If I quit drinking at that point, we would have had nothing to do or talk about. And I think work kind of becomes the same way is like, if you took that out of the equation and you didn't have that common factor of your employment, then what the fuck do you have in common? Like, or do you look at the universe the same way? Do you look, you know, are you the same type of father? Are you the same type of provider husband? Are your value sets the same? You know, do you believe in the same things? And a lot of times I think the answer to that's a hard fucking no. Not to be facetious, but what else is there? Right, like a lot of guys just wake up, do their nine to five, come back home and crack a cold one, hop on Call of Duty or whatever. And like, maybe there's just not enough mental space to even consider what else is is there to be talking about or thinking about, other than the next paper they have to write or the next deadline they have to meet or the next whatever. Like, well, I think I mean that's the rat race, right? It's the hamster on the wheel. It's like there's a. Uh, Fuck. Alan Watts has a thing on this that I, I played it at the end of the mindset call that we did a while back. And, but he, fuck, I'm going to butcher it, but it's basically like you do what you hate doing to chase what you don't like doing to impress people you don't like. It's that, that whole quote. And he's like, it's all wretched, no vomit. You never get there. And like, that's what it is. I, I remember watching that video. Uh, how it's, uh, oh, fuck. Just look up Alan Watts on YouTube and watch all of them. You guys won't be disappointed. But that video was like kind of changed the way I viewed the world. And not to be like I am being a little hyperbolic, but it's real. And like that one was huge for me as it when I was younger and it's when I knew I didn't want to do the things that I was on the track to do. Cause like that's the career army officer thing is like you put in your 20, it sucks, but like, oh, it's not that bad. You, you, you do these really shitty jobs where everybody wants to get out. Everybody hates it. And then you get one of the jobs where like the pressure valve releases, which is where I'm at now. And it's like, Oh, this isn't that bad. I could probably do another fucking nine years. And it's like, well, you made it to 11. I've had so many guys tell me this. Cause like by the time I get out, I'll be like 11 and change now. So like, you've made it to 11. You might as well go 20. I'm like nine fucking years of shit that I don't want to do with people that I don't particularly like. Like I'll make some good friends, but it'll be like three out of everybody. Like, let, let's just think about that. But that's how most people live their fucking lives. Nine years. And that's early retirement, like it, for compared to most professions. The army lets you retire after 20. And like people would, and she's like, I just got to get to 65. What? <laughs> Fuck me, man. Enjoy none of it. The hell with all of that. Dude. Fuck. Yeah, that sounds miserable. It's just a slow death making other people money <laughs> that's what most that's what most of fucking of us do we're either making other people money or working in fucking government welfare jobs like what i do <laughs> you know like babysitting a bunch of fucking grown-ass men like that's kind of what the options are until you find something else until you open your eyes and you see that there's other shit you can do you can learn a valuable skill you can go work for yourself there's demand there's more demand right now for that shit than 
and that's like having these group like Caleb Jordan is like the fucking poster child for that got fed up first he got fired for cleaning a deer in his fucking shop at the plant he worked at which is the most hle thing i've ever heard in my life and then he kind of jumped around a little bit and was like fuck it i'm gonna do my own thing and now he's making way more money than i am as you know he's a former marine enlisted dude just slaying it right now making more money than a senior captain in the army just crushing a landscaping in christmas lights not landscaping excuse me pressure washing and christmas lights and like working for himself and like he will tell every single team member who gets on there and will complain about like oh i'm not making enough money i don't like my job and he's like do what i did if if i can do it you can do it and that's like i mean Anybody can fix their fucking position in life, learn a skill, do something. There's so many free resources out there. I was, Carter and I were talking before this. Like I learned how to do this company from Google and fucking YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. Like I fucking almost failed out of college. I should not I actually did. I should not be an infantry officer. The Dean passed me for my senior thesis. Yeah. When I shouldn't have commissioned. Like and that was I'm free not, chat GPT, man. You crushed it. Good for you. Dude, barely senior thesis. Got a B minus didn't do anything else on the paper and I ended up with like a C minus in the class and you had to have a C solid to pass and it was a whole thing. So, but anyways, you know, the rest is history, but like I'm, if I can do this with this company, anybody can like you, you just need to take the onus and the initiative and don't go all in. Like I will do not do that. That's stupid. That whole, like I was listening and I really like what Andy Frisella's things but he's like you know who has plan b's motherfuckers who lose and i'm like yeah you probably need a plan b unless you're like a single 22 year old then go all in because you i told james this i was like when he was young i was like dude do whatever i was like yeah i was like you got you, if you if you take all your money right now and you go out and you buy three houses and you fuck it all up and it's all fucked and you just lose it all worst case scenario you're the same broke 22, 23, 24 year old as everybody else. And now you have that much more life experience and knowledge that is going to be what carries you. And so like, yeah, that, that, in that case, don't have a plan B, but if you have like kids and a wife, like you should probably have, like, I have like 17 contingencies at all times to make sure that they are fucking, you know, clothed, fed and housed. Cause that's, that's my priority. Um, so don't burn the ships entirely. <laughs> Leave like a sailboat to get it's home. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. At least, yeah, you know. part it out a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But well, that's, you, you, know, that's you one should of the be making Jordan, moves. That's one of the things Jordan Peterson, I know we kind of touched on him a little bit. Uh, one of the things he says, though, is like, you have some time early to make mm -hmm. some mistakes. Do it. I think Gary V does, says the same thing, which I don't know how much knowledge or information you glean from that guy but i think one of the wisest things he dude says i love gary big gary guy get some experiences make some mistakes and fail early you know and and that'll carry you through later you know 20 you have to like 27 28 after that you probably should buckle down and figure out some sort of direction when gary really talks about how much time you have right like we like for some reason we think like oh you're 30 like you better know like Dude, you can career change at 30. Like, who fucking can't? Like, Watch me. <laughs> you, dudes have multiple careers. Like, dudes work. Like, one, if you don't take control of your finances, you're going to be working until you die anyways, right? Cause you, or you're going to be eating fucking Alpo off because your, your social, social security isn't going to cover it. So, like, own your finance, your f future. But you have plenty of time. 
like so much time, so much time. And that's what I've really changed my time horizons and my thinking on this stuff. Cause I used to be like, like I had all these goals for myself and like I hit some of them, but then like I hit them and I'm like, I have like less than I thought I would like, it just means less. You know what I mean? Like you hit a goal and you're like, and then you're like, what's the actual goal here? And then like you re- reframe and redefine it. And then it's like, okay. And instead of thinking about what I'm going to do in the next two years, where are we going to be in the next 10? And like, I'm looking at 10 and I'm playing a 10 year game and a 20 year game. And like that game and like uh, Hermosa, Alex Hermosa talks about this and he, he talks about like, life is an infinite game, but we want to put these finite rules on it. And Carter, you're like this, he uses the Vietnam war as the example. And I thought that was just really great because it's, it's so true. Right. Like, and honestly, you could say the same thing about, I'll use the Af- Afghanistan works. That's the war that I have experience with. Right. <clears throat> and I'll, I'll roll it back. I remember I'll, this was, this is stuck with me forever. Um, I was 11 when the towers came down, we went in, you know, big unconventional fight with, with the SF dudes overthrew the Taliban very quickly within like six months, seven, eight months, something like that. And then, you know, we were done, right? The Taliban was overthrown. We stood up the the government. It was like a big thing. And there was a, a Taliban spokesperson who was like, you think that you won, like you won the first battle. Like my sons will fight you. His sons will fight you. We will always fight you. Like this war will never stop. You have lost the battle. You Westerners think in terms in terms of years. We think in terms of millennia or lifetimes or something like that. And that's the infinite game. You cannot beat somebody who's just playing not to lose. Like we think we're going to win. All they have to do is just not die. They can go hide in Pakistan. They can just fight this this little just a dozen pricks. And, and that's the same thing with business and life in general. Is like it's infinite. So we need to change the framework and how we're thinking about it. It's not this finite thing. It's like. You know, obviously there's an end to it, but the game doesn't stop of life. And so as we go on with that, we change the way we think. We don't think on these ideas of tomorrow. And like, that's the, that's the poverty mentality, right? I'm going to spend the money now because there's not, like, I don't know if I'm going to have it tomorrow. And so when you change the framework about how you think about money and time and all this shit, and you're like, no, I'm playing a game. I'm, what I'm doing now is going to take care of me in 10 years. Like, boom, all of a sudden everything changes. Do you feel inspired, Jacus? So inspired, dude. I thought the white man was done giving me stuff, but dude, my tism kicked in there. I don't know what happened. Blacked out. (laughs) Cole, edit that out. (laughs) Hey, listen, I took that that quiz and it was like ten percent, and I was like, that's not worth sending anybody. (laughs) James took that quiz and got probably autistic. I can't believe that. Oh my god, dude! He went. <laughs> All right, so for some context, there's this, it's what blew my mind was this is an actual like uh, fucking like school of psychiatry or some shit from the UK, right? That has this quiz. It was like a legitimate yeah. organization. It wasn't like just yeah. some like random ass just, like um, Facebook quiz. And it, it's they have a bunch of ones to test. You test your. Uh, they have all sorts of conditions, you know, like ADD, ADD, ADHD, OCD, autism, all this. Well, I don't I guess that I need to name names, but some folks took it and then came back that they were uh, showed high signs of autism. And so then this came up at the, the rendezvous and then we were like running through like who we thought 
probably showed some signs of, of autism on the spectrum, right? And there's definitely some guys on the team that show some fucking signs. <laughs> and uh, some of them took the quiz and came back as pretty pretty probably. positive. Probably I got uh, none, but I got like severely ADHD. So that checks out. Checks definitely checks. That's probably what you got as well. Did you take that one, Carter? No, I'm I am not taking any of them. <laughs> no, you got to take us. You got to report back to us. <laughs> See, that's the Hunt Lefty podcast. We can have this really deep thing on like how we frame our minds, and then like, are you autistic or not? And then we can talk about our minds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's perfect. We just we're all over the place. And that the rules are made why. up and the points don't matter. <laughs> Shit, I thought we weren't going to make an hour, but here we are rolling up. That was good. That was good, Luke. I, f- I feel like that's a uh, good spot to wrap it up, man. And uh, it's kind of a call to action, right? Without, I don't know what the intention of us getting on here and bullshitting was, but it's a really good call to action for people to, I'm, I dude, I, I'm rethinking like some of my relationships right now while you were talking about that with like some of my closest friends who, you know, Luke, and you know, I got to re-engage with those relationships and we got to do more than it can't just be like, we're going to get together and like drink a couple beers. It has to be, more than that. And it has to be intentional, right? The, the authenticity and the intention behind it. intention is everything, right? I just finished, uh, coaching, uh, a swim, summer swim league. I had a 183 swimmers and I hired 11 coaches, junior coaches who were mostly high schoolers and kind of the coolest part of the job other than like working with kids, which I love was coaching these young adults, how to be leaders was fucking awesome. I found that to be like one of the most rewarding things in my life other than teaching because I get to teach all the lessons I've learned and a lot of the shit you've taught me as well, Luke. And, you know, I've, I've one of the big things I, I, I tried to put through to them, right. was like, in, your intention is everything. Like what you, why are you doing what you're doing? Right. If you're giving a kid a dressing down or whatever, you know, why, what's your purpose behind that? Or, if you're giving kudos to a kid or like whatever, what have you. And uh, your relationships have to have intention. Um, and so now I'm rethinking what what my next moves are going to be with some of my close relationships in life and how to grow those and, and, and make it more meaningful to those who are already the most meaningful in my life. 70%. Yeah. 70%. <laughs> yeah. Uh- making sure that the people who are close to you who have access to you are intentional and knowing what their intention is, is so invaluable. You know, um, I've got two dudes off the cuff that I know got my back no matter what. And those are two people who I trust with my wife and my kids outside of that. You know, I don't have a whole lot of, a lot of people I'm lending that kind of trust to. Um, He's clearly talking about you and me, Carter. It's the two dudes on my screen right well, now. <laughs> it's clearly us. It's definitely not David. Fuck him. No. Yeah, he doesn't know. Who's that? Him. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, what a not the autism test being a call to action, but certainly evaluating your your friendships. Just to clarify yeah. on Carter's behalf. 
I also want listeners to know I just responded to your text and I apologize publicly. I'm glad we closed the loop on that one. I was really bothering me. <laughs> oh, dude, Monday? That's a that's egregious, man. That's egregious. Like that last Monday? Yeah, last six Monday. days ago. Basically seven at this point. Yeah. It's a well, real I've reached out to some public figures without Carter's uh text back, knowing that it's a shoe in. So if they text if they respond, then we'll have some some guests for the podcast. I'm not gonna drop any names mm-hmm. right now, but if it doesn't flush out, I don't wanna be embarrassed about it. Hell yeah. Well, yeah, boys. I mean I think that was you know, we, we were gonna talk about rendezvous and where we're going and we, we went off on a couple Classic. of different classic off the rails but i think it was good i think we had um there's some good stuff and when i blacked out and you guys had some really phenomenal points on what we're talking about and i think the the call to action yeah mindfulness and and intention with your relationships and and building that finding your tribe and your community taking ownership of your of your life and knowing that you have to be the driving factor and the force behind it and like nobody else can do that and you have to understand the game that you're playing and know that like you can control the outcome, but you have to know the game. And a lot of folks don't. And um, there's a lot you can do to better your position in that game and then to, to just work it. Uh, we live in the information age, like the answers to the universe at your f- fingertips most of the time for free. Um, so surround yourself with people that are going to push you and that are going to help you grow. You know, it's that old adage that we've all heard. Like if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong fucking room. And that's something like I, I don't want to say that like I'm the smartest at all, but like my life experience at this point is so much different based off what we're building here. It's really hard for me to sit in certain rooms in the army with guys that they, they only know the institution, right? And like we waste time and we're so inefficient and it's just like it drives me fucking crazy. And it's not that I'm smarter than there's guys in the army that are way smarter than I am, but it's just like that difference in perspective and framework and what we're in. And so I've just realized that I'm kind of in the wrong room over there now and I need to get into this room with other folks that are going to be a different group for me that are going to push me in the direction that I want to go and that my life trajectory is on and my azimuth. And that's what we need. Um, and it's hard to do that sometimes. And it's hard to take that chance and that risk. And But we need to, to do it. It's the best thing I've ever done um, was to understand that where my life wasn't going and where it needs to go and building this and meeting you guys. And like Carter and I would not be this close if we didn't have this company. You know, we probably would have got together every couple of years, maybe for a hunt or some beers or whatever, when I was coming through Georgia, but like this company has made, you know, this relationship, what it is. And like, I'll definitely wouldn't know who the hell fucking Indian Harry Potter over there is with this fucking big old thick glasses that I saved from the river for him or from the, the hay field, excuse me, Cole saved him from the river. I'm not that irresponsible. Those sunglasses weren't even mine. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think part of they the were prescription. How are they not yours? How about the ones you, we found in the field? Oh no, those were though the glasses you're wearing are the ones I found in the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. No, I'm just drunk. It's fine. I I could have started a fire with those damn things. Those things are fucking thicker than my damn binos. That's why I got them so you can rub them together real fast. Uh, so I think you know, as far as the call to action goes, surrounding yourself around those types of peoples. Absolutely, A1. Being that person, being that caliber of person comes right along with it, you know. Uh, and and that's, that's one of the hardest things about it is becoming the person that you need or needed 
at a, a certain point in your life. Um, you guys have certainly been that for us, you know, as team members. And um, I'm looking forward to, to the ways that I can grow, you know, as a team member and as a husband, as a father, as a friend, as a, you know, gym goer and all those kinds of things and passing that stuff down to the next guy is that's what it's about building a tribe, right? Take it from me. Building tribes is kind of what we do. <laughs> Hell yeah. I got, I got, uh, we'll finish with Hermosai since I, I quoted him a couple of times here. Uh, Chris Williamson, if you guys have ever listened to the modern wisdom podcast, he's the British guy. that's always got really good shit to say that pops up on your Instagram feed. Probably if you follow anything with business, but, uh, he, he quotes Hermosai on this one a lot. And I really like this one. And it, I think it ties into what we're doing. It's you don't become confident by shouting affirmations in the mirror, but by having a stack of undeniable proof that you are who you say you are. Confidence without evidence is delusion. And I think that that shit rings true. And so that goes back to what you just said about you have to be that guy. And like, we're never going to be that guy. Like that guy should always be ahead of where we are. Um, but you're not going to build like confidence. Isn't being told that you're great or thinking you're great. That's just bullshit. That's just bravado. That's just ego. Confidence is knowing that you can do something because you've done it before and you've put yourself in those positions and you've learned and you've grown and you've gone it and you've fucked up and you've failed and you've gone through that stuff. And that's, what's fucking important. And that's what builds it and surround yourself with the folks that'll, that'll get you there. Hell yeah. Perfect way to close it. Hell yeah. Well, Hell yeah. We'll end it there. As always, we appreciate the hell out of every single one of you guys. I'm assuming you guys follow us on Instagram, so we don't have to go through all that. So thanks. <laughs> Bye, Jacob. Sorry, dude. <laughs>